0: Hi, I'm Jess, and I'm out to get the life and love of my dreams. I'm tired of seeing myself get in the way of my goals and desires, be heartbroken over unavailable guys, and feel unsatisfied and unhappy in life and love. If this sounds like you too, let's do this together. I've created this podcast so we can connect, learn, and grow together. Each week, I'll be sharing, exploring, and learning alongside you on topics like dating, inner work, self-love, health and fitness, and so much more. Welcome to Happiness with Jess, a podcast for self-love, better dating, getting out of your own way, and getting the life and love you want. I'm so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to Happiness with Jess. This is Jess, and oh my gosh, I just wanna start off by saying thank you so much for all the love and support I've gotten since launching this podcast Oh, it just like makes me so, so happy. I don't know why I was nervous to like start this because you guys have just been so great. Like, I, I truly felt <laughs> like nauseous that morning when I launched it and, you know, shared the episodes with you guys. And, but you guys just made me feel so loved. And I just want to say how much I appreciate that. And um, it just gets me so excited to start sharing more today's episode is about emotional unavailability and a little bit about the anxious attachment. And both of these I have experienced in my life. I have um, lots of knowledge on and I'm really excited to share about this because these are some things that were really helpful for me to learn. Um... They're helpful for me to learn about myself so that I can make better decisions, better choices in people and dating, um, but also just help me understand me and so that I can be on my own side, how I can better love myself, support myself and um, have better experiences in my life, not just like romantically, but all types of experiences. And so I'm really excited for today's episode. So let's get into it. So I've come to learn that our relationships are a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. So things like the health, the level of healing, the wounds, etc. These are being reflected back to us. And when I look at my dating history, I see a common theme of unavailable partners. So either emotionally unavailable, physically unavailable, as in they were living in a different state Or I guess there was this one time where I dated a guy who was married. This was accidental, not by choice. And yes, whole episode coming on that. Before I go on, I want to define emotional unavailable. I think that is something that's thrown out there a lot. And so it probably really helps to have some clarity about what it really is. So an emotionally unavailable person, they are going to tend to keep things a lot more surface level. As in, they don't really like to talk about their feelings. They're not especially going to talk about maybe some negative feelings or negative experiences. Maybe they tend to brush things off, keep things super light, super positive. Maybe they're sarcastic and really funny. You know, they just don't really go there with you. Um, You might even feel like you don't really know them at all. They're also going to avoid talking about things, especially you know, disagreements. They're going to avoid conflict. Like that is something emotionally unavailable people don't like to deal with. And oftentimes they're not going to be physically present or you might feel like they're physically next to you, but then they're on their phone or they're drinking or, you know, something like that. They're constantly with friends. Like you just feel like you're not getting quality time with them. And an emotionally available person is when they are able to open up about who they really are. They are able to feel their feelings and share them with you so that you can connect on a deeper level. And they're not afraid to be vulnerable and they're not afraid to get close to somebody. And I'm not meaning just physically, but like mentally too, you know, when you're having conversations, like you're sharing things, like you're, you're opening up about things, not keeping things, you know, light and surface level. And what this is reflecting back to me is that I am emotionally unavailable myself. And at first, that was, like, really hard to see. And not just because we're talking about mirrors here, but because, like, I think of myself as wanting a serious and deep connection here. Like, I want commitment and I want a partner. So how could I be emotionally unavailable? Like, I, when I was in relationship, like... I had the ability to be vulnerable, to be loyal, to be committed. But really what is going on here is that I'm emotionally unavailable to myself. And so let me explain this because like I said, I was kind of shocked when I first learned of this. (laughs) So I grew up without a father present in my life. And while my mother was present and I know that she loved me, She struggled with her own unhealed trauma and she struggled with being emotionally available to me. She was often stressed out, working a lot, like a single mom who was young and, you know, probably didn't even know who she was. So she was not able to always provide emotional stability consistently to me. And so I think from a very young age, I began to think, feel and believe that I was unwanted that I was unchosen and unlovable. And while this was mostly unconscious, I think there were really times where I was saying to myself, like, I'm broken. Nobody wants me. And things are always going to be this way. People are always going to leave me. And so, yeah, that's really sad. Um, But unconsciously, more importantly, I think my actions were really demonstrating this. Like... I was basically saying with my actions that I didn't want me as well. And so I wouldn't have boundaries and I would people please. I just really did not know how to communicate my feelings and my needs. And so I just didn't have any. (laughs) I would play small and ignore my dreams and my goals. I was just so afraid of rejection. So I was whoever I needed to be for that person. Like it just wasn't able to you know, step outside of that. Like I always wanted to be chosen by other people, even if it kept me small. And I would numb out with with weed and avoid my problems and myself. Like I couldn't be alone. I couldn't sit with my, my thoughts myself. And then romantically, I would choose men who didn't choose me. And so all of these ways I was showing myself that I wasn't wanted that I was unchosen, that I was unlovable. Like I was rejecting myself. I wasn't available to myself. And you know, I just really didn't know who I was and how to show up for myself, how to care for myself, how to love myself. like, like I said, I was unavailable to myself. and so what I was doing is that I was hoping to find love, to find reassurance, to find validation, to find meaning and purpose from another person when that is something that I should have been providing for myself. And unconsciously, I would seek out emotionally unavailable guys because, you know, actually, deep down, I had a, a, a fear of love and I was rejecting myself and love by dating guys who could never give it to me in the first place. I didn't believe I was deserving of it. I didn't believe it was real. And if it was, they would leave anyway, which all of that just sounds so sad to say out loud, but that is really how I thought for a long time. And, um, I'll get to this in a little bit, but I've seen a lot more availability with myself, a lot more, um, love for myself and these thoughts and these feelings aren't the way that they were. Like they rarely come up and, Yeah, that's a really great thing about healing and doing this type of work because, yeah, a lot of us walk around with these sorts of thoughts and beliefs of, like, not feeling like people are going to stay and not feeling loved. And so, anyway, I tended to choose guys who weren't sure about me or with inconsistent behaviors. You know, they would say one thing, do another, make promises that they could never keep. And I tolerated it. I often dated guys who were projects instead of partners. And I think I did this to kind of avoid myself, my issues, and put the focus on them. So if I fixed them, if I got them to love me right, then I could love myself. I think it's kind of comes from like that old wound of my father and my mother, like kind of hoping to change the story by, you know, getting this person to love me, right? Like how I wish they could have loved me. And so then I could kind of get a new ending to the story, the fairy tale ending, I guess. And even though I was scared of love, you know, I was still out there seeking it and you know, that's because we are social creatures and we have an innate desire to bond and to experience love. And when you're somebody like me dating with unhealed wounds, you're often going to attract people who are also wounded. And so that's kind of where I would be dating guys who are emotionally unavailable. Like They had their own set of wounds too. And we we kind of are doing this with each other of like, unconsciously seeking what is missing in ourselves and trying to find it in the other. And if what I'm saying is resonating, here's a couple of things I want you to know about dating people who are emotionally unavailable. Like if you're noticing with yourself, like you date these guys who are hot and cold, who say one thing, do another, like, you know, cheat on you, that kind of stuff. Like here's a couple of things I want you to think about because here's the thing, like, You're tolerating the distance when you really want closeness and you are wanting depth and you are tolerating inconsistent behaviors when you are wanting steady and predictable. So what you need to be asking yourself is why not why them, but why am I like, it's not about why can't they love me? Why can't they show up for me? Why can't they do X, Y, Z, you know, as a person on this side of the equation, like we tend to want to nitpick everything about them, like read all of the articles of why he does this, what, what it means when he says that and dissect, you know, all of their, their moves and try to reason and understand why that they're being the way that they are and have some sort of rational explanation of like, oh, he's, you know, he just stressed out at work. That's why he's distant from me. And like, you know, all of that stuff. But really what you need to be asking yourself is, why am I tolerating this? Where did I learn this? Where did I learn to tolerate this? And in what ways am I lacking depth, closeness, and maybe inconsistent with myself? Because here's the thing. If you're tolerating it, it's because somehow it's familiar and a part of you. Like you're tolerating these behaviors with yourself so for me when I really looked at this like I was inconsistent with my goals like I would skip the gym <laughs> or I would overbook my calendar so that I didn't have time to work out in between clients like I was people pleasing, saying yes, when my social battery was saying no, (laughs) or I would smoke weed to avoid being alone with myself or to be known by myself. Like, this is what was coming up for me that was saying like, the why, the why is really helpful too, because the why is how it really changed things for me. Like, I learned a lot of this by witnessing my mom date guys who were projects and emotionally unavailable and noncommittal. And so, you know, you really just don't know what you don't know. And so I wasn't modeled healthy relationships. So I think as it, it was just natural that I was going to date guys that were like that too. So a big part of this was why was like, in part, that's what I learned. That's what I was modeled. And I had an unconscious belief that I was unwanted. And so I had to really love myself and how to learn new healthy behaviors in relationships. Like just because you didn't learn them doesn't mean you can't learn them now. And I mean, on that note, I do want to just say like, you know, you may not have asked for this. I don't think we asked to be, you know, like this, but it is our responsibility. And so if you notice that you are dating guys like this, you have the like that's your type (laughs) and you keep dating um, or you keep getting in relationships and having negative experiences, like you need to take responsibility for that. Like look at the part that you're playing in this because that's the only thing that you have control over. You don't have control over this other person. You can't get them to love you and act right. Like you can only... Have control of yourself. So getting clear about why you're tolerating this, where it came from and where you learned it, like very, very life-changing things here. And then on the note of kind of like family dynamics and learning this stuff, like I want to get into attachment style because I think that also plays a role here in why I've dated guys who are emotionally unavailable Uh, Maybe you've heard of anxious, avoidant, insecure attachment or attachment theory. If you haven't, don't worry, I'm about to explain it. So attachment theory is a psychological explanation for the emotional bonds and relationships that we have between people. So this theory is saying that, you know, we are born with a need to have bonds with our caregivers as children. And these bonds that we have they continue to have an influence on our relationships throughout life. And so the three are anxious, avoidant, and secure. And these are formed in childhood. And I'm going to break down each of them. And if you are noticing like that you might be resonating with one of these, no worries. This is really helpful to learn about yourself so anxious. So this person is going to be abandoning their boundaries to seek intimacy and closeness. They might be a little bit more clingy. They have a high sensitivity to criticism and they need that approval from others. Maybe they're jealous. They have a difficulty being alone. They have low self-esteem, feeling unworthy or unloved and have a fear of rejection or abandonment avoidance. So they're going to be drawing more boundaries to avoid intimacy, to avoid closeness. They are going to avoid emotional or physical intimacy. They are going to feel a sense of interdependence, are uncomfortable expressing their feelings. They feel threatened by anyone who tries to get close to them. They spend more time alone than interacting with others. And they might even kind of believe like they don't need people in their lives. Like, I'm okay. I'm an independent woman (laughs) type attitude. I think also the main one here is they might have heard. You have commitment issues (laughs) maybe once or twice in their lives. So that one's the avoidant. Last is secure. They don't need to overdraw any boundaries or avoid intimacy. And they don't abandon their boundaries or themselves in the process to get love and connection. They have a healthy understanding and ability for closeness and connection. So they are able to regulate their emotions. They have good communication skills. They're comfortable being alone. They are comfortable in close relationships. And they have the ability to self-reflect in their partnerships and to navigate conflict as well as have a high self-esteem. So in the book Attached, which I highly recommend reading, I found that to be a very helpful book when I was first learning about my anxious attachment because I do identify as more of an anxious attachment style. And in the book, it said that 50% are secure while the remaining 50% are insecure, either being anxious or avoidant. And since wounds recognize each other, a lot of the time avoidance and anxious are gonna pair up, which I've seen that a lot with me. So as an anxious, these avoidance, these emotionally unavailable people, they tend to be on the avoidance side. Like they don't, like closeness is not something that they're comfortable with. Um, Communication skills are lacking. Like they have really rigid boundaries. And so that is a very painful dance when you're in an anxious avoidant dance, like it's very up and down, very hot, very cold, very, uh, it's just a roller coaster. And so it's not very fun. But understanding our wounds and working to heal them is really going to help us with these sorts of relationship issues it just naturally is going to help us with intimacy and connection we're going to run away less and we're not going to over attach to anyone and these are some of the things that I started to do so that I could start healing my anxious attachment and I could start making better decisions when dating and in friendships even in relationships because all of our relationships you know can can experience these sorts of dynamics and Here's some steps that I took. So first thing is I started putting the focus on myself. So instead of dissecting why this guy was ambivalent about me, I started asking myself, why am I tolerating it and where did it come from? And I mainly took to my journal for this. Like I think journaling is such a useful tool to help you understand yourself. And take that time to understand yourself. Like so often we're just sitting there, our thoughts are racing all all over the place and we don't really know like who we are and take the time to listen to that person. And so I've found like pen to paper to be the most effective in learning who I was. And these sorts of big questions like are very helpful to write out so that you can have a clear like moment with yourself and reflect on these questions. Beyond that, I started to read books, listen to podcasts, like, you know, follow accounts on Instagram that were talking about this stuff. Because, guys, there's like so many people out there that want to help you with this. (laughs) Like, there's so many great resources, podcasts, books, accounts that really want to help you. And getting to the bottom of this is just so useful, so helpful. And the more that I learned about my anxious attachment style, my. Um, uh, emotional unavailability to myself, I was able to make better decisions. Like you can't expect new behaviors from yourself when you aren't aware of them. So it's first important to learn and become aware so that you can start to make better decisions. Second thing I did was to learn to become more tolerant, to love, closeness, intimacy, and to be seen. So with being emotionally unavailable, I, yeah, being seen is scary. (laughs) Like, to really be who you are, to have somebody accept you as you are, like, totally scary, totally vulnerable. And if you have, like, the history like I have where you kind of think that people are going to leave, like, you really want to just keep people at all costs. And so, that cost tends to be yourself. And so, I had to really learn how to first do this with myself. So, become my own friend. And this started by having better self-talk with myself, being more compassionate for myself and my body and learning how to spend time with myself, like journaling very helpful here, as well as just planning activities that were just for me and spending time with me so that I could learn how to be close, to love, to be seen as I am. And once I got more comfortable with that, I started to um, do that with friends. And that looked like hugging them more. I know that sounds kind of silly, but I hadn't really actually had a lot of experience with physical intimacy, physical closeness with people. Like, I like it, but at the same time, like, since I hadn't had a lot of experience with it, like, my family, we weren't huggers. Um, I wanted to to get more comfortable with it. Like I, I started to hug people like a- after my workout sessions or um, meeting new people, like, I don't know. I just wanted to become more tolerant, more comfortable with that. Um, I also asked for help more, like with my friends. I began to share how I felt, express boundaries, like, I mean, again, this happened more so with friendships because I haven't um, been in a relationship now for a year and a half, but just expressing like how I really was feeling, like if something upset me um, and learning how to communicate my boundaries and my feelings and especially learning how to show up like as I actually felt. So as a people pleaser, I tended to ignore how I really felt and you know, I think this mainly happened with, um, personal training clients and friendships too. Like i bring on the energy, bring, you know, be like this bubbly version of myself, even when I didn't feel like it. And I started to just like allow myself to feel more like, okay, when I wasn't necessarily okay and I'm not saying like I cried in my sessions and you know showed up like (laughs) with no makeup on hungover or just like yeah yeah I'm tired today so this is what you got but like I just instead of faking it I just kind of told people how I really felt like hey yeah I actually don't have the energy today I slept terrible tonight like last night or you know this has been on my mind and um so sorry if I'm a little distracted right now just like became more comfortable with like owning who I really was that day. (laughs) And that was really, has been really helpful for me because people have accepted me as I am. Like I don't have to be bubbly, um, positive, turned on Jessica all the time. Like I can be kind of, you know, 70% Jessica or really sad Jessica to other friends and, um, you know, really let them know how I'm feeling. And that's been really helpful and healing. And then eventually, like, I have been doing this with dating, too, and I haven't really dated a whole lot um, since my last relationship. I was in a little situationship, and I I definitely did tell him a lot, like, how I was feeling, and that felt really good (laughs) to do. And now, like, I'm kind of back out dating again. um, I am showing up and, you know, telling people, like, really what I'm looking for, where I'm at, and... If I don't feel like going on a date that night, like I'm not going to go on a date that night. Like we'll, we'll go on a, I'm not saying like I rescheduled, but like, I'm not going to overbook my week with dates or spend too much time with somebody if I'm not there yet. Like I've just become a lot more aware of where I'm at and what I need and expressing that. And then finally I stopped putting up with ambivalence. So with myself first, like I really had to start facing my problems I had to get really clear about my, like what I wanted, especially like with my business, like this podcast, like in dating, um, and just my life, like my finances, like I had to get like action oriented here on my goals and stop just saying that I wanted things and then not really committing to doing anything about it. Like I got into therapy. I started like working with people to become more accountable to my goals, like going to the coffee shops, making like blocking out time for myself. And I especially did this with people that I was dating. So I think it's the biggest act of self-love that you can do is you stop choosing people who don't choose you. And I had to do this even with friendships too. Like it, it can apply for all relationships. Like if you have people in your life who aren't showing up for you, aren't able to have hard discussions with you, aren't able to move forward with you, like choosing you in the relationship, like let them go. Like, learn to be turned off by hot and cold behavior. Like, I have found that one to be very challenging, but very, very rewarding, very helpful, because it only is just making space for the people that do want to choose you. And I do want to make a note that some of my phrasing sounded like this is in the past, and I have this all figured out. (laughs) And that is... Not the case at all, I'm very much still learning a lot about this, and um with the awareness that I've had, like it's I'm applying it, and it's been really interesting to witness and to yeah to just work on and so I'm right there with you, definitely still lots to learn on this, um, but if you have any questions, if you have any comments about this like reach out to me, DM me. I think it'd be so fun to um, talk to you about this. Like I'm definitely here for you. Yeah. I don't know. This stuff is tough and I am definitely here for you and I'm super proud of you. All right. I hope this helps. I know it can be a lot to hear. So I definitely recommend spending some time with your journal and asking yourself, you know, these questions like, Why am I tolerating this? Where did I learn this? And really explore how you can start to show yourself the type of love that you're seeking, that you're trying to get from other people, so that you can become more emotionally available to yourself, less anxious, and make better choices. And on that note, I really recommend working with people who you know, specialize in this. So therapy is always great. Or any other type of coach out there who, um, you know, really has a lot of knowledge on this. There's tons of people out there that want to help you. It can really expedite your results. And I definitely recommend um, getting help. I just want to end by saying thank you so much for being here and for listening. If you liked today's episode and are enjoying the show, please don't forget to rate it, subscribe and share with a friend. Any of these things are helping me so much to grow so I can get in the ears of those in need. So I really appreciate it. And for more content on self-love, fitness, and relationships, you can find me at happy.i.nest.jess on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.